Welcome back. Wasn't it great to uh, join them in the field and on front porches uh, to praise God and, and to worship Him for who He is? Uh, today, I, I got a little carried away in Psalm 40, so it might be a little bit longer than the 25 minutes I, I aim for, but I'm going to try, all right? So let's, let's jump into it. If you are just jumping in, I am Brad. I am the lead pastor here at Stanley Park Community Church. It's so great to have you here. Uh, there is a connection card button somewhere around here. We'd love to get to know you. We'd love to interact in some way, whatever way you feel appropriate. Uh, please say hi. Please reach out. We'd love to connect. So yeah, with that said, let's jump into Psalm 40. Uh, this summer, we are spending our time in the Psalms. And so open up your Bible, open up your app, and follow along with me as I read Psalm 40 to you. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see the fear of the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who doesn't look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord my God, are your wonders you have done. The things you planned for us, none can compare with you. To speak and tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but my ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offerings you do not require. Then I said, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is on my heart. I proclaim your saving act in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me, for my troubles are without numbers. They surround me. My sins have overtaken me, and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs on my head, and my heart fails within me. Be pleased to save me, Lord. Come quickly, Lord, to help me. May all who want to take my life be put to shame and confusion. May all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. May those who say, aha, aha, be appalled at their own shame. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who long for your saving help always say, the Lord is great. But as for me, I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my helper and my deliverer. You are my God. Do not delay. The first thing I want to just highlight from the psalm, Psalm 40, is that this is a patient psalm, right? It, it starts out with patience, but it actually is a patient psalm, right? There, there's needs that David has. David is waiting, obviously. But the, the interesting thing is it's, it's, it's just kind of patient, right? Patience is not my natural gift. I, you may have come to know me over the years that, I'm not extremely impatient, but I'm not passionately patient. If you are, if you are similar to me, please do let us know. Put it in the comment bar. Are you a patient person? Are you not a patient person? 
Tell you what, we aren't going to wait for you, so just just type it in right now. All right, I'm I'm kidding with you, but it would be actually great to see, uh, yeah, who actually feels that they're a patient person. I can safely say that patience is a thing, even if you are a patient person, that needs to grow. And if you aren't, a, if you're an impatient person, it definitely needs to grow. And today we're going to be looking at at that. It's kind of like six-pack abs, right? We all want it just to appear. We hope that just like doing something will make instantly abs show up, right? We've, we've, all, we've all wished that they would just appear. We aren't going to put in the effort, but we just want them for that moment. Like next week when I go to a beach, I just wish that they would just show up as I, as I go to go down to the sand. Oh, all of a sudden I'm extremely fit. Um, yeah, we, we may have even gone with the, the, the strategy of three payments of $39.99 to get the ab zapper. Right, where we just like hook up these electric things to our stomach while we eat chips and watch the sports game, because that's gonna just be just enough to get those abs. I think we kind of look at patience similarly, where we want to do as little effort to be a patient person as possible, um, but would love for it to just show up when we really need it. And so I think that's the key focus for today: is that how we become more patient is is kind of actually in this passage. The, the way we become patient is by focusing on Jesus. It's not focusing on our problems or focusing on our opportunities. And I think that's where I, I run into my, my challenge with patience is I see an end zone, I want to get into it. And sometimes it could be the wrong end zone, right? It could be on my own team. Um, that's discernment. Or, or there's a problem that I come across and I just want to get it solved. I don't want to sit in, in, the, in the moment. I just want to get to the end zone or I want to get the problem solved. And I think that's maybe the, uh, the bonus point in this before we really unpack is that impatience, like not just solving and not just running to the end zone, but impatience, there's actually something that grows in us. That patience means long suffering, that as we, as we endure, things are revealed to us uh, by God or about ourselves that just wouldn't show up or just doesn't seem to come up when we're always succeeding, when we're always driving to the end, or when we are always figuring something out. That in patience, God, God uniquely speaks to us. God uniquely grows us. And that's one reason why patience is such a, a virtue, such a valuable thing to us. But I don't want to pause there. I want to actually get into Psalm 40 and uh, yeah, share some things that I think will benefit all of us as we engage with the psalm and highlight at least at the very beginning, patience. So in verse 1, we see that uh, in patience, not impatience, in patience, you can still be upset, right? We see in verse 1, he cried out. He was upset. We see in verse 2 that you can still be in a bad spot when you're being patient, right? Oh, I'll be more patient in a more comfortable area, but here he is in a, as he describes, a slimy pit. Right, that's never a spot that I would want to pause and be patient. I would find a solution out of the pit, and then maybe I'll be patient. Or you might also see that it's not in yourself. In verse 3, it's God that put praise into him. Right? He didn't find some way to be patiently praiseful. God gave him a new song. And so you can still be upset, you can still be in a bad spot, and you can still not have it in yourself and be patient. What we see is, in, in just in the first part of the psalm, is that God is actually active in the, in the patience part, right? God hears. God moves him 
from that slimy pit. And God provided the song. Right? It's, it's a very different thing from me running to the end zone or you running to the end zone or, or you and I putting all our mental energy into solving the problem. It's very different when we see that God hears, God moves, and God provides. That in a patience, God is God still. See, I, I often try the opposite, right? It's, it's I focus on the problem, and, and you may be with me on that. It's like we, we just let that spin around in our heads, and it might be, end up being anxiety and worry, or it may just be like a mental Rubik's Cube that you just feel you need to spin it enough times and you can solve it. Right? Or, or in the slimy pit that you just wiggle so much as possible because you're like, oh, surely wiggling will get me out. And if you were uh, a kid in the 90s, you know that quicksand is clearly a bit giant problem in the world. And you know that the more you wiggle, the worse it gets. Um, so in the slimy pit, we, we try these things. But it, it's, it's not actually always the goal. Right? That, there's something in patience that we can endure, but also that we can be formed and shaped by. Because God is active in hearing and moving and providing. Now, the, the first three verses in this psalm, I, I contend and I believe, actually lead to verse 4. Right? The, the, they build towards verse 4, where God shows his blessing. Right? Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. That the first three parts, his patience in all these things is possible because of trust. Waiting and patience is really just an outflow of trust. Right? If we look at it like my, my worry or my end zone, my, my drive, my, my desire to solve the problem is me trusting myself to get my, my way or be able to figure out his way for me to do the things I need to get out. But in patience, we trust that God has it. Now, if, if, if you know God, um, it might be easier. If you are just tuning in today and this is the, uh, the first moment ever of church, welcome again. So glad to have you here. But the, the idea of trusting God is not just a, uh, a hope and a dream and a, a whim up to God, but it's built on experience, right? Uh, coming back from this pandemic, going to the gym, for me to bench... 250 pounds would be very, well, impressive, but it would also be very dangerous. Like, I, I think 50 pounds is going to be a hard thing for me, right? So patience is kind of like a, a muscle. It's, it's where we work out trust, that as we learn trust or as we practice patience, we grow in our trust. And as we grow in our trust, we can practice more patience because we have experienced God moving in our lives. We have seen him showing up in different ways. Now, to, to kind of take something from the psalm and make it as applicable to our lives, I'm going to do that. So I hope that this, this little practice is going to help you. And if you are already like the patient person, you know what? You can tune out and uh, wait for us because you're patient. So you can wait for us to catch up. Those of us that need to grow in our patience. So if you are uh, at home or on a bus or wherever you are, uh, you have a phone probably, maybe open up an, an, a note app. Or if you're at home, feel like, grab like a, a napkin from last night's takeout and a crayon from inside the couch. Like whatever you need to do to, to scribe and, and write this down, uh, please do. Because I think this might be a, a beneficial thing for, for us as a community, but for you as an individual. 
we, we don't want to just be a church where we learn more things. It's, it's not about knowing of God in just an a, a intellectual sense. It's, it's knowing him in a relational way. And part of the relational way is to, to spend time reflecting on your relationship, spending time to engage with uh, what we're talking about today and, and things that show up in Scripture. So that we're going to spend a bit of time just kind of looking at the psalm or taking ideas from the psalm to look at our lives where we can see that God is trustworthy. All right, so here's, here's some questions for you to answer. Um, you can scribble them down. You can just answer them in your head. Uh, probably, well, maybe, you know, you want to share it in the chat bar. I'm, I'm not quite sure. You, you can discern that. Um, so the, a question for you, has God ever moved you from a place? I'm being very indescriptive, but have you ever been in a spot and you felt God move you? All right, please, please do write, write something down. Have you ever felt like you were in a pit, like in a, in a low spot? Or that there was like slime, like things are just so slippery and gross right now. Have you ever been in that low place? Have you ever sensed God in a low place? If you have a memory or a moment where you remember that you were in that low place and God spoke to you or God gave you a song or, or God drew near to you, write down like the, the date, or write down part of that memory. Was there ever a spot that you were sure of your faith, where things were pressing in and you had that moment of clarity of what you believe, or, or that moment where you identify that God is, is clearly real to you? Have you ever had a moment where you just sensed God is so good to you? Maybe he organized something in your life and you're like, this just, this just smells like the sweet aroma of God. Like, there's no way this would have happened even if I had solved that problem. Please write that down. Or have, have you had a conversion experience? Have you had a, a moment in your life where you were going one direction and then God interrupted it? And that you are just so clear that, that that path is no longer your path because God has moved into your life. Remember that. Write it down. Have you ever had an urgent prayer answered or a simple prayer answered? Have you ever had God interrupt life with an answer to prayer? Have you ever had a moment where God clearly brought somebody into your life or a resource into that moment? Write that down. Have you ever been so hurt or broken or crying out to God? And in, in that, as you cry out, you, you get the sense that God hears you. Write down what that was. Write down the how it felt that God hears you. See, the, these, this list of things, it's far from exhaustive, but it, in it, there, there should be moments where you experienced a relationship with God in, in a myriad of ways, right? Anything's possible. But in those moments are moments where trust is being built. Right? As, as we experience our faith, we have these moments where we learn to know that verse, true, or that verse 4 is true. That God is one that we can trust and that we are blessed to trust him. So those patient people that were waiting for us, you guys can hop back in if you, you, you knew that you didn't need to grow in patience. Thank you for waiting for us. But for us who are, are growing in patience continually, maybe this list is something that's beneficial for you in, 
and that that will help you continue to learn to live in patience. So we know that God can be trusted. Right? We, we can run into this next passage, the next part of the passage, looking for wisdom now. Because we understand trust is a critical piece of our patience, but also our movement forward. So the, the challenge that we then see in our lives, and it's highlighted here in the passage as well, is that we, we don't always trust God. Right? We, we have a problem and we respond differently than trusting him. And that drives us out of patience. Right? We, where do we look for help? What, what is the things that we, we go for? Do you, do you notice in yourself that God isn't always your first turn? It might be like your 21st turn or your, your 101st turn. That he's, he's not the first one that you reach out to when, when things get tough, when you find yourself in a slimy pit, uh, that you turn somewhere else. It, it might be that you, like in the passage, says that you turn to the confident ones. Or that you, you turn to the ones that are around your lives. Or you turn to WebMD. Or you, you turn to Facebook asking for a friend. Or as we may have seen in this pandemic, where you, you turn to your bank account as your comfort. Or you turn to your job security. Or you turn to the healthcare system. Or that you turn to anything that you can name as, as a way of, of finding trust and support and knowing that you can wrestle, as long as you have a few key things in your life, that you can wrestle through this slimy pit of mire, right? Um, the, the passage also looks at turning to other gods, and that, that may have been something that you've done in your life. And that may, may be something that you, you need to actually hold up before God as well, is that some people um, in this time or in the past may have turned to other spiritual things, other gods like uh, tarot cards or horoscopes or palm reading. That because there was a, a desire in your life to have a solution to a problem, you sought out anything and everything, hoping that any, anything that's in the a movement towards out of the hole is better than being in the hole. And so I, I have a, an Old Testament passage that I, I love because it kind of breaks my heart. <laughs> Great, that's awesome. Uh, in 2 Kings 1.16, where, where God is, is challenging the king of Israel through a prophet, this king has gone out and sought out other gods, sought out other faith practices, sought out other words for his life. And God says to his prophet, from the pass on to the king, is it because there is no God in Israel to inquire of his word? Now we, we know that this is God speaking to a prophet to the tell the king of God's people that he is wondering if there's a God Right? It's, it's a confusing thing. Like, obviously there's a God in Israel. That's, that's where this prophet is speaking from. Obviously there's a God because God put this king in this place over his people who he's called out of slavery and given a land. Obviously there's a God to inquire. But for some reason, the king of his people didn't turn to Yahweh God. He turned to any other option. And so there is, a, there is a God that he could turn to. There's a God that had better answers. There's a God that was more invested than any false God out there. And I think that, for us, might be a challenge. Is We may not have gone as far as horoscopes and palm readings. We may have. But as we, we go about looking at all these other gods, all these other things that gives us stability and allows us to put our trust in them, 
We're turning to these other gods. We're turning to these things that, that don't have as much of an investment in us as, as Jesus does. We have one that is far better than any other thing in creation. We have God who saves us, who enters into a deep relationship with you and with me and sends his spirit to live and dwell in us. And if we don't inquire of him, if we don't lean into trust in him, you know, we, it kind of breaks his heart. Is there, is there not a God that loves you that you could inquire of, who you can ask to help you out of that miry spot? Isn't there a God that you can be patient with, one that can lift you up and put you on sure footing? Is there not a God who provides for your needs? Now, we, we can be slow to trust God, and, and I think the psalmist in verse 5 actually helps us as well, finding ways to grow that, not just from hard, adverse experiences, but just from understanding who God is. In verse 5 it says, Many, Lord my God, are your wonders that you have done. There are things that you have planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to tell and speak of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. God is just so good. And that's why we made this list today, is, is to try to pr- make, make this practice of declaring God's greatness. Of the moments that we've seen him in our hard spots, the moments we've seen God in our easier spots, that God is present to us. And as we continue to focus our minds and our hearts and our lives on God, it becomes easier for us to be patient because we have found more opportunities to trust God or we have more examples of how we have trusted God. It's like that muscle that we need to be working out in every moment of every day. Now, I'm running out of time, so I'm just going to push through this last little part. Um, God wants us to draw close to him. The psalmist looks at all these uh, things that were part of the religious system, the sacrifice, the, the sin sacrifice, the rules and the regulations, and he says that God does not delight in those things. God delights in the relationship that he has with David. God delights in the relationship he has with you. And it seems like week after week, I get to come back to this grace point, right? God is not after our, our conformity, right? We do conform, we do change, we do grow, but he's not after that in a legal sense. He's after our hearts. He's after our trust. He's after our, our lives. He wants us to respond to him in every moment of every day, whether easy or hard, whether like terribly messy because we screwed up again or just simple, God wants us to draw closer to him. And as David in the psalm says, here I am, right? The, the voice crying out to God, whether we are in a pit, whether we are on a mountaintop, whether we're at work, whether we're at home, whether we're applying for a, a mortgage, whether we're buying groceries, that God delights when we call out to him, whether we are in the hard spots or the simple spots. Now, I want to just highlight this last little bit in the passage just because it gives us a context to understand that we can trust God in the hardest spots. You see, David was, if you know David's story, he's had many challenges and his challenges aren't um, just a simple unfolding that people don't like him. That he's having a rough go, that you know, he's being bullied. Um, while that is bad, it, his, his situation is, is worse than just being uh, a hardship. He has people trying to kill him multiple times throughout this. Like his, it's a life and death scenario. He, he has people that desire to take his throne. They have people that desire to take his life. They have people that just are surrounding him, scoffing and mocking. And, and it just doesn't, just doesn't go well in many, many spots. But he cries out to the Lord. And if you know his story, God knits his way through this. So he gets him through the, the simpler things, but he also gets him through the extremely hard things. 
right? This isn't that Jackie in accounting doesn't like me. This isn't that my neighbor lets their dog go on, go to the bathroom on the, my lawn. These are, these are troubles, and while those are troubles that are worth prayer, of course, these are troubles that mean life and death. But even in this life and death struggle, we see that David trusts him. And we see that this, this theme for David also carries through in a bunch of other believers, that life and death things are things that we can trust God in. Paul, the apostle, he writes about how whether he lives or dies, that he, he counts both as gain. Like if he lives, it's, it's Christ, and if he dies, it's gain. And he's willing to go with whichever, and he'd actually prefer one over the other because he would love to be with Christ. And that sort of confidence doesn't come out of, I need to figure out this problem, or this needs to be the best solution now. It's out of a patience that is, is growing through trust and moments and relationships and experiences with a God that is active, a God that is present to his people, a God that loves you and wants the best for you. And the best for you is him. So, for you today, it, it might be a, a bunch of things that you can respond to. There, it might be making an a even bigger list of things that you have seen God in your life doing, things that God has called you to, the, the ways he has moved, the ways that he's moved you. Right, today, it might be that you are in a slimy pit and you need to cry out, here, here I am, and know that God hears you. To, to cry out until you hear him calling back to you, till you feel him moving you into a new spot. It might be actually that today's uh, a good day and that you just want to invite him into the, the simple moments of, of coffee, the simple moments of a walk, the simple moments of just being at home, watching TV. It may also be that you are just being nudged by God today on something that you aren't trusting him. That you have taken that thing and you've held it tighter or you've tried to place it in a bank or you tried to place it in some other spot that you feel like you can manage and you can control it. You can find your way out of the pit or the problem. And he's calling you to trust him. And it, it may feel like it's the hardest thing, but it's the best thing. And if, if that's you today, I, I encourage you to ask God to help you. Lean in to help you trust him because he's willing to provide, right? He gave a song to David. He can give you trust. He can help you grow in that relationship with him because that's his desire. That's his goal. He doesn't delight in sacrifices. He delights in relationship with you. So I encourage every one of us today to invite God into the moment that we are in and the moment we experience next. May God bless you. May God meet you. And I'll see you next week.